This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo. My co-host today is Tony Shore. How are you doing, Tony? I am doing great, Chris. I've had a, a crazy week. It's been busy and you know, it was Halloween week and the kids enjoyed that. So that was fun. And just uh, love hanging with the family. How about you? What's going on over there at Brookside? Well, I don't have any trick-or-treaters anymore. So, <laughs> but um, my, my daughter is coming in from uh, Washington, believe it or not, today. So uh, actually, I think my wife's picking her up at the airport today. So be great. Is she a Nationals fan? She's Washington D.C. Right? Yeah, Washington D.C. I don't, I don't know how much of a fan she is, but she just moved there a couple of months ago, so she's uh, yeah. But she likes baseball, so so that that's good. I'm glad the Washington won last night. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. I really enjoy the games, and so um, yeah, we're recording this on Halloween Day, actually. So yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a spooky episode. In yeah. fact. In fact, uh, you came up with a topic that's kind yeah, of fitting. Yeah, might as well talk about some post mortem stuff. So, post mortem, um, ooh, creepy. So a, lot of, a lot of the stuff you see out there on the internet when you talk about post mortem is generally some tax planning. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff that's post mortem planning that's more personal to people that uh, our clients can, especially when we're doing trusts and estates for them, they're concerned about. So, so if you pass away early, Tony, what would be some of your concerns post-mortem, not tax-wise, but. Well, that my family was taken yeah, care of. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah I so, want my wife and kids. I don't want to leave them any uh, burdens and I want to make sure that they have money, uh, not only for the funeral, but beyond for college <laughs> yeah, and man, to live on. Right. So there, you know, there's four or five top topics that, uh, most of our people are concerned about, first of all, if you're, if you're younger, you probably want to get some type of life insurance just in case you pass away early and there's money there, not only for the funeral, but maybe to pay off the house and put the kids through college and things like that and, and, and have the wife or significant other, or I guess it could be the husband, um, give them some money to, to live off of. Yeah, even if you're single, uh, no matter what your age, and even if you're single, if you you know if you're an adult, you probably have some type of debt, even to pay off credit cards and funeral yeah, costs. Sure, Obviously, sure. you want that covered as a minimum, but especially if you have a family. Yeah, or you know you have a house payment or a yeah. mortgage, so car payment. Generally, uh, people when they're younger just buy what's called term insurance. Uh, term insurance is cheap, um, but statistically probably 90% of better of term insurance never pays because the term runs out. So for people that understand what term insurance is, it's you're buying insurance for a period of time. So let's say you buy a 20 year policy at the end of the 20 years, the policy's done. So when I was 40, several years ago, um, I, our kids were young, so I bought a million dollar, uh, term insurance policy. And I think it cost me about, um, 
know, four or five hundred dollars a year back then. And but when I'm sixty, that that policy is going to evaporate unless I want to significantly pay more. So if I wanted to turn that policy into a permanent policy, where I know for sure whenever I die, it's going to be in force, the annual premium might be like thirty grand. Wow. Okay. So so term insurance is really there. If you die early, we need we need a bucket of money. And the insurance companies, you know, can price it a lot cheaper because the odds of a 40-year-old dying in 20 years is not as great as a 60-year-old dying in 20 years, right? Obviously, so, yeah. So, so, I mean, it has its place. It's, it's economical, and, it's, um, and you could probably get a pretty good chunk of it. So, like, a million-dollar policy doesn't cost twice as much as a $500,000 policy. It might only cost maybe 20 or 30% more. So... You know, you can grab some extra insurance. So that might be one of the things you're concerned about. The other thing a lot of people are concerned about is um, what if the spouse wants to remarry? Right. Hmm. So especially if you die. Like well, you my die, I, uh, my wife isn't allowed to. She knows. That. <laughs> she wants to remarry now. So no, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but uh, good one, Chris. So. So, you know, especially if you die relatively young, um, you know, if I pass away today, I don't, I, look, I don't care if my wife, Connie, gets remarried, but I just don't want the pool boy to get the money, right? Right, right. We don't even have a pool, but, you know, we have a nice yard, and if the pool boy's cute enough, I guess we could get a pool, right? So, um, but I don't want the pool boy to get the money, so the money's there for my wife and my children. So how do we do that? You know, traditional estate planning where I just use a will and says, look, give everything to my wife. Um, that could happen. She could get remarried and now that person has a claim to some of that money in case she died or they later get divorced. So how do we protect the the surviving spouse from that? So one of our techniques are to, you know, use trust instead of wills so we can build in enough protections in the trust, for instance, we could actually require her to enter into a prenuptial agreement. So, look, Connie, if you want to get remarried, fine, but, you know, the pool boy has to sign off on this. It's saying that he understands this is not any of his money, right? And if something happens to you, he's not inheriting it. It's going to the children, okay? So those are those are some of the, the issues there. Um, other issues are um, the children, you know, especially if the right, children, like my, my kids are, you know, in their 20s. So um, how do you protect them from themselves, really? So if you dump a bunch of money exactly. in a 20, yeah, how do you, you know, if you dump a bunch of money in a 20-year-old, look, they're 20-something. They're going to spend it. They might not invest it wisely, and they might could be gone in a couple of years. Yeah, we see that all the time with professional yeah. athletes who get oh, million-dollar contracts when they're 20 years old, yeah. and they don't, you know, they can't handle it. Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of them. That's their their first job, right? So right. So so hey, we get paid millions of dollars our first job. But um, so how do you do that? Most of the time, it ends up being we use some type of trust and put provisions in there so that the kids don't have access to all the money at one time. To the whole spend, nest egg, they yes. they they get doled out a portion like a trust or something. Right. right? So we we created a few different types of trusts. Uh, one of them is called a century trust with a with a that's century like the years, but century like a, a guardian with an S. That um, So if you 
if your child's young or maybe a spendthrift, you may have somebody else in charge of their money and they give it to them either at a predetermined time or during, according to their discretion. So they don't get all their money at one time and blow it because the other, the other, one of the other issues is not the kids themselves, but all of a sudden the kids have 47 friends they never knew about because, you know, they found out they came into a lot of money, right? So, so they come into a lot of money. So it's not only the kids blowing it themselves, but kids being taken advantage of. So oftentimes um, children or even young adults aren't used to having a significant amount of money. I always say it's like Congress. You, you dump a lot of money, free money on someone, like they're going to they're gonna spend some of it, right? You're like, you, you, you dump, say, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 on a young kid, Look, it's free yeah. money. Yeah. What are you, gonna, you know, <laughs> look, uh, like you're going to go out and buy a car. You're probably going to buy a house. You might go to bed. I mean, it's going to, some of it's going to be wasted. Hopefully they'll be um, mm-hmm. smart enough to put it away. But oftentimes we they do might just that's, go out and buy their own pizza buffet. Yeah. So oftentimes what we do is maybe have a, a someone else be a trustee for them until they reach a certain age. Yeah. Good call. Um, so that's like, I should probably have a trustee. Yeah, so you know, in our in our situation, um, our our, you know, our trust reads um, that Connie and I are trustees, and if something happens to both of us, then my brother's the trustee, right? So that he would watch over the money for the children. Yeah, that's how um, we have it set up too. My wife's yeah. brother would be in charge. Yeah. So those are, those are some of the concerns. Uh, another major concern is nursing home expenses for the surviving spouse. I mean, how do we protect the, I mean, we've talked about this on other shows. It's just astronomical amount of money for nursing homes. I know in our area, it's, it's approaching $10,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. It is here too. Yep. I mean, $10,000 a month. Yeah. How many people can afford that? Yeah. You can rent a, you know, you could rent the nicest home in town for that much. I mean, it's crazy. And, and what do they get? A ten by ten room? Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, for a for a one or two bedroom apartment and, and some mushy food. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I don't. I, I, I guess there's a lot of overhead. I'm not saying they're uh, doing anything wrong, but it just seems uh, ludicrous. And there's no. Doesn't seem there's any way of controlling it right now, right? No. They, they charge you whatever they can get. It's kind of like that. You ever see that commercial about the guy with the? Um, the hearing aids, and he's like, "Look, they charge you whatever they can get from you, four thousand, five thousand dollars for hearing aids, and hearing aids probably have what fifty cents worth of plastic in it." Yeah. So, um, so that's a big concern. How how do we protect that? Do we set aside money? Do we buy insurance? Do we prepay some of the stuff? So, so those are some of the you know. There's more. Again, post mortem. When you when you look at post mortem on the internet, you're going to find a bunch of tax stuff what you should do with your IRAs, what you should do with the tax stuff. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, discussion about non-tax issues. So I thought today we, we would talk about some of those. Um, the other the other ones that we see are um, the children getting divorced. So, you know, I leave the money to my two kids. They're not married yet, but say they're married, and then um, they get divorced. What happens to the money? Does half of the money I left my daughter end up with that no good son-in-law I never liked anyhow? 
Mm. So, yeah, good so usually, question. So, so for instance, let's say, um, so we, we, we do a little, actually we did just did a, a state planning seminar yesterday. And part of that, that seminar, we go through this family and at the end of the day, the two children are going to inherit the money. So let's say for sake of argument, there's a million dollars there and each of them are going to get $500,000. So one, you know, is it a party time? But two, you know, the daughter or son gets this $500,000 check. So what it what do they do with it, Tony? Are they going to put it under their pillow? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, physically, what do they have to do with this check? Yeah. They have, they have to go put it in the bank somewhere, right? Yep. So they put it in the bank with their their spouse. They put it in their joint checking account. It's there for a few years. And, um, you know, a few years later, one of the one of the, uh, the children or their spouse says, you know, look, I've had enough. I want out. Because, look, look more than half of the marriages end in divorce today, right? So... So they uh, they get a divorce, and the the son-in-law's uh, attorney says, "Well, I want half that money." And you're going to argue, "Well, that's an inheritance; you shouldn't get half the money." And they're going to argue, "Well, you put it in a joint checking account for it's been in there for a couple of years. You must want them to have it." And by the way, he's an owner of that joint checking account, right? So, so what do we do there? So most of these problems we solve using trust. So the trust again is a separate document between you and your family. We don't have to ask the judge. We don't have to end up in the probate court, but we, we put in provisions there. Look, if this money's in trust for my daughter and as long as it stays in trust, nobody else can make a claim on it. Creditors can't make a claim on it. The IRS can't make a claim on it. Car accidents can't make a claim on it. Spouses can't make a claim on it. So as long as the money stays in the trust, the trustee can use it for her benefit. But I got to caution you, but once it leaves the trust, right, once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, Tony, right, it's really hard to get it back yeah. in, right? So <laughs> so once the money leaves the trust, we don't have any control over it. So our advice always to, especially the next generation, look, just take the money as you need it, leave the rest in. So if you, like, you want to go buy a car and you need to grab 20, 30 grand, um, so be it, but don't take the whole half a million, right? So, right. And we talked about, I think we had a show on buying and leasing cars. So maybe you don't need to take the whole 20 or 30 grand, right? Because <laughs> they're, they're giving cars away from 0% interest. So, but that's a, again, that's a whole other story. So uh, there's just a lot of items out there that are really concerned about their kids being taken advantage of. And, I, and we see that happen often. Or the, the, the surviving spouse gets taken advantage of. I think we talked about this uh, maybe a couple shows ago. We have a client right now, elderly gentleman. Uh, I think he's about 83 or 87. He's, I think he's 87. And his wife died. His son died. He's, his health isn't that great, and he's basically legally blind. And the next-door neighbor was taken advantage of. Yeah. Right? She's, uh, you know, she's taken over you know, several hundred thousand dollars from oh. him. Just, you know, how do you prevent all that stuff? So, so we really want to uh, uh, be careful when you, when you do your state planning documents. And, and really what it comes down to is people shouldn't be cheap when they're trying to do their state planning. And like you, could, you could go grab wills and trusts off the Internet or at a library or at a form store or Office Max or Office Depot or LegalZoom. But unless you really have some experience in doing this and knows this stuff, 
Look, do you think a six-page form at Office Max is going to cover all this stuff? <laughs> no. And people buy those things all the time. They, I know. When, when I I'm know. At, when I'm at a seminar, I actually went out and bought one. I wasted the money so I could hang it, show it, you know, hold it up at the, the seminar. I paid thirty nine ninety five, I think, for it and uh, plus tax. And it's like six pages long. Yep. And it got, has a bunch of blank lines where you put your name in. Like, that can't possibly handle all that stuff we just talked about. Right? No, no. And unfortunately, most of these mistakes, you won't know they're a mistake until it's too late and you can't yeah. fix it. Yeah, and that's the, that's the scary part of it. Um, so, you know, what you're saying is it's really important to work with a professional like yourself, uh, yeah. somebody who has, uh, a, a, you, you want to work with an estate planning attorney and a tax specialist and uh, a fiduciary who's going to look out for, look at the big picture, the big financial picture for you. And, and that's what you do at Brookside Tax and Financial. Right. right. And, you know, you don't want to go to the guy who does divorces to do your estate plan. And you, no. Vice versa. You don't want to go to the estate planning guy to get your divorce done. So, right. you know, laws become like medicine. It's really a specialty now. Like, you can't know everything. It's hard enough to know everything about one area, let alone everything about yeah, you know, exactly. 20 areas. So, the day the general practitioner is, um, I don't say it's going by the wayside, but you, in this area, like, you want to cheap out. Don't spend $5 for, uh, for the expense. So can I just say, don't spend $6 for a coffee at Starbucks. Go get a coffee at McDonald's for a buck. You want to yeah. save some money, right? Yeah. So this isn't the area to really try to find the cheapest uh, way of doing Not things. when it comes to your finances and your estate planning. You it, don't want to cheap It always out. cracks me up because... You don't want to go you, online and pay twenty nine ninety five for yeah. your legal documents. I mean, people have spent their whole lifetime accumulating this money, and at the end of the day, they want to spend 30 bucks to get it done. Right? Yeah. I mean, crazy. I mean, really, I mean, you, you, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the other thing that's really neat is, I don't know if you know this, but, um, you know, when you set up your trust, you can protect the next generation from the creditors. So um, we can put provisions in that says, look, Tony, I'm leaving this money for my wife or my kids, and none of their creditors, no matter who they may be, including the IRS, can get to this money. Right. Right. So we had a situation years ago, uh, years ago, probably close to 30 years ago. Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm going to say that, but uh, anyhow, 30 years ago. <laughs> How old where, are you? Good yeah, Lord. Well, uh, <laughs> that the, the, the father left money in trust for the son and the, sp the son wasn't, wasn't good with money. He was a spendthrift and mm. IRS problems and he had all oh, kinds boy. of creditor problems. Sure. So the IRS uh, made a demand on the trust, and we said, sorry, we have a provision in there that says creditors can't get to the money. And mm. they said, well, yeah, but he owes us a bunch of money, and he's the only beneficiary of this trust. So what we ended up doing, believe it or not, was we had the, um, the trust open the credit card, and we allowed the son to use the credit card. So he lived off the credit card, and then the trust paid the credit card expenses. Ah, so so we never directly gave him money so that they couldn't get to it. So, so there's you know there's techniques out there, but again, you're you're not going to get this at a book in a library, right? So, no, 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 and it's not going to be covered in uh, an online document that you buy or down at you know, yeah. FedEx so, copy and shop. Then, and then you know, again, if you if you are 
younger when you pass away, you know, often our trust might say, look, um, you don't know where you're going to pass away, but if the kids are under a certain age, we're going to spread it out over time. So if my kids are under 40 years old when I die, then maybe I give them a third when I die, a third five years later, a third 10 years later. So at least I, look, look at least I know that it, it lasted at least 10 years. Uh, other techniques might be um, buy them an annuity. We've, we've done this for someone else, and I think we may have mentioned this on another show. So our, the situation was uh, the, the father left half the money to the daughter. She could take it outright because she was very responsible. And she, he left the other half in the trust for the son to be paid out over a 10-year period. So it sounded all nice and uh, cozy and, until the daughter said, well, in that case, I don't want to be the trustee. We're like, what? Your dad wanted you to be trustee. We're not going to make your brother trustee. She goes, yeah, I don't want to be trustee because he'll be knocking on my door every day saying, hey, you got your money. I want my money. And she didn't want to, she didn't want to put up with that. So the solution, and I think the, the, it turned out to be a good solution, the solution was we took Johnny's money, we gave it to an insurance company, we bought him a 10-year annuity and basically pensioned out his money over 10 years. So they gave him a check every, every month for the next 120 months. Right? So that was a good solution, and Susie didn't have to be trustee because once she bought the annuity, she can close down the trust. And, you know, so it, was, it, wor- it worked out. So there, there's a lot of techniques out there to handle all these issues. Maybe you want to skip a generation. Some people at a certain point in their life, as they get older, like when people are 70, 80, 90 years old, they say, you know, my kids are doing really well. They don't really need my money. I want to leave it to the grandkids. So then we know we have to set up a trust. The grandkids are younger. They might be only in their, actually, sometimes it's great grandkids. So if you're 90, your kid could be 70. His kid could be 50. Right? It could be several generations. And in those next two generations, are doing okay and they don't really need the money, maybe we're setting it up for the great-grandchildren. So, uh, again, you're not going to find this in a six-page online document. And sometimes the online documents are just bad, right? So we had a situation where, um, you may have mentioned this once before, but anyhow, we had a situation where a girl came in and said, hey, um, my sister and I bought a house together, and my sister is now... um, has some issues and she's in a um, in a facility because she has some mental issues and um, the government's paying for her. So she's on governmental support and, and I need to sell this house because it's too big for one person and, and it's too expensive for one person, but I need to sell the house. So I said, uh, well, did you get power of attorney for your sister before she became incapacitated? And she says, yeah, I did. I, I, downloaded this form off the internet so i said well let me let me see it and so it was like a two-page power attorney so it wasn't very thorough but nowhere in there did it say she could sell real estate like oh boy so she says well i should be able to do anything she signed off on i said yeah that sounds good but tony if you were going to buy the house the title company wants to make sure Susie can sign her name and her sister's name yeah to give you a good title to the property. And if she doesn't have the proper language in her power of attorney, the title company's not going to accept it because they have the risk that the, the title conveyance is not good, right? And that's what the title insurance is there is to protect 
for transfers that are not good. So this, well, the unfortunate solution was we said, well, we can establish a guardianship for you, for your sister, but before we do that, I want to warn you that the, the judge is going to say, look, you could sell the house, but half that money is for your sister. It's not, you don't get to keep all the money. Right, because yeah. the house is half hers. Yep. And and if we do that, so I mean, I had a forewarner. Look, if we do that, your sister's going to have excess money, and she's going to get kicked off of all her governmental benefits. Yeah, not so good. Could, yeah, so we couldn't do that. So what's the solution? Well, you're going to have to wait till your sister dies. Like really, just because of a bad document? Yeah, bad document. She's going to have to wait till you die. So lo and behold, she died uh, last year. And whoever did the deed, whether it was an attorney or they grabbed it off the internet, didn't properly give her survivorship's rights in the property. So her sister's half doesn't necessarily go to her. Oh, jeepers. It goes to whoever she left in her will. So I said, well, does she have a will? Oh, I don't think so. Now what? So now when you, know, when you die without a will... Probate court. Yeah, so every every you know state has a statute there. It's called descent and distribution. So it says, look, if a person dies without a will, this is how we're giving away their property, right? So much to the spouse, she doesn't have a spouse. So much to the kids, she doesn't have kids. Then it goes back up to the parents. The parents are both deceased. Then it goes out to the brothers and sisters. So I said, well, do you have any other brothers and sisters? She says, yeah, we have four brothers and sisters. So I said, well, believe it or not, those four brothers and sisters are going to share in that half of the house. Like, oh my God, can it get any worse, right? So some of them aren't talking to each other. Some of them are married. So, you know, when, when a person, at least here in Ohio, when if you're married and you own real estate, the spouse, even though their name's not on the real estate, has to sign off on it if you want to transfer it. So let's say you have four brothers and sisters and, and they're all married. So there's eight people that have to sign off on it. Like you can't get eight people to pick a restaurant, <laughs> right? Agree on anything. Right. So, and one of them might say, well, look, I'm not signing off. I want to get paid. I'm not signing off on anything. So it's, it still isn't resolved because I said, look, you're going to have to probate this. And she says, well, it's probate. Hey, probate's going to cost money, right? It's going to, you know, you're, you're probably going to lose several thousands of dollars just probating it. And, you know, with something like that where you got to notify eight people and get their consent. I mean, this, this is a nightmare. And it's all because she cheaped out and tried to get a cheap document off the Internet and do it themselves. Right? Wow. So with all this estate planning stuff, it's really important. Look, if you don't go to me, you know, like I'm not the only estate planner. Believe it or not, I'm not the only estate planning attorney in town, Tony. But yeah, I thought I was. No, just kidding. So, well, just make, yeah, but just, you may yeah. be the only one with also uh, you're a tax specialist and yeah. a fiduciary right. uh, advisor for financial planning. So it, it's good to have uh, that that kind of uh, you know view uh, overhead right. view uh, all encompassing. So uh, I think this is a good topic, and and you made the point well. You know, don't chintz out and cheap out when it comes to planning these things. And it sounds like the answer is pre-planning and work with a professional like yourself. So before we go today, let our listeners know, I know you're offering a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation, right? 
I do. And then, the, you know, again, the first 10 people that call in, I wrote a book on this, believe it or not. It's called The Back Nine. Actually, no, it's called Rounding Third. We have two books. Um, so Rounding Third, and uh, you get a free copy of the book. And if you want me to autograph them, let, just let them know, and I'll autograph it. And uh, so uh, call us at 440-886-3550 or go to our website, brooksidetax.com. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Finance. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.